0: that you're committed as soon as you decide that you're going to achieve that behavioral goal it's pretty much guaranteed yes there's going to be some bumps along the way you're listening to the right club podcast where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live come grow with us and join our community at the right and now your hosts sarah larby and alfonso Salemi.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Mind Estate segment of The Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, and my co-host today is Danielle Sejan. Danielle is also a co-founder of The Right Club, as is Sarah Larby, Alfonso Salemi, and myself. Before I get into talking about what our podcast is all about, just a couple of things... You have heard us talk about this before, but we're really excited because our online community is almost ready to go. Uh, Depending on when you hear this podcast, you may see changes on our website. So go to www.therightclub.com. And if our new website is up where it's going to be an online community from ghost to ghost to ghost, sign up. It's free, lots of content, lots of value, places to meet people, chat talk to people, find out what's going on across the country, videos, off-market deals, you'll be able to find services across the country. We've spent a lot of time and effort into making this something that's really useful for you. So if you haven't seen it, it may not be quite ready just quite yet, but keep going to rightclub.com and when you see that page that says join us, sign in and you'll be good to go. And number two, please, if you have a moment, Take a moment to rate us on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever platform it is that you use to listen to this podcast, because, you know, the the more ratings you give us, the easier we are to find and the more we can help other people with all the great content that we have here at the Writing Club Podcast. So now let me introduce Nancy. Nancy Morris has a Master's in Psychology from the University of London in the UK, and she spent years working with her clients developing systems, especially on how to set goals and get goals. Uh, what Nancy has to say is far different from what you've ever heard before. So this is going to make a big difference if you actually pay attention to what she has to say and use her workbook. And by the way, she has created a workbook for us. It is You can find that workbook at nancymorris.com slash Right Club. And Nancy will talk about that in the interview itself. But if you want to go now and get it, it's NancyMorris.com slash Right Club. N-A-N-C-Y-M-O-R-R-I-S dot com slash R-E-I-T-E-C-L-U-B. NancyMorris.com slash Right Right Club. I'm not going to say much more except that I'm really excited to, to hear Nancy talk to Nancy. She's got great comments and great insight and uh, you'll be able to use her stuff in just every aspect of your business in your life. So here we go. Nancy it's great to have you here again.
0: It's great to be back.
1: We are really looking forward to what you have to talk about, because I know that it's pretty cool. Yes. Um, We're talking about goals, and a lot of people do stuff about goals, and and a lot of people don't meet their goals, do they?
0: No, on average, people achieve less than 50% of the goals that they set in or not in time, you know, like at all. So uh, yeah, it's less than 50% for most people.
1: So, so, tell us about goals and goal setting and all this stuff because it doesn't really matter at what time of year. People tend to, to set more goals perhaps at the beginning of the year, but not necessarily, right?
0: Well, yeah, that's right. People have bought into the idea of setting New Year's resolutions. So at the end of the year, that's, you know, people go a little bit crazy, not only for resolutions, but also business goals. But I mean, my fiscal year is September to August, so i setting goals. Yes, I'm thinking about the following year around Christmas time, but no, you, you want to be setting goals. Annual goals, monthly goals, quarterly goals, weekly goals. I mean, any time of the year, any time of the week, any time of the month, really.
1: So what, what's your advice for goals here? Like, <laughs> <I'm talking laughs> Well, where start. do we start? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know how to set goals. I don't know what to do. I've got big goals. I've got little goals. So,
0: Okay, what so is- let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the definition of a goal. So my background in psychology, we look at goals differently than most people. One of the reasons why most people do not achieve the goals that they set for themselves is because they've bought into old ideas about goal setting. And they are setting the sort of goals that we would call in psychology desired outcomes or wants. And one of the problems with that is if you're setting a goal, quote unquote, a goal that is not within your control completely and 100%, it's a desired outcome, it's a want, it's not something you can control. And if you can't control it, you don't want to make it a goal. Goal setting is very important to, for all sorts of reasons, but primarily because goal setting creates behavior and goal setting creates or destroys confidence. And the concepts of self-efficacy. So one's belief in oneself to achieve goals. So when I'm talking about goals and I ask my audience to, you know, tell me how many goals they've achieved, it's usually three to five out of ten or something like that. And then I ask my audience, so whenever you're setting a goal, what does the little noise in your head usually say? And so while the first instant of setting a goal for a lot of people is full of excitement and opportunity and possibility, within moments, sometimes like literally nanoseconds and at other times, maybe minutes or hours or a few days, the negative noise starts coming because they know that they haven't achieved that many goals in the past. So when you're setting a goal, it's really important that you create a goal that I call and we call in psychology a performance goal because you want to be able to be in full control of that goal. If, for example you are setting goals and only achieving 50% of them, your confidence is going down every single time you set goals. I've met so many people over the years who've set these desired outcome-like goals, and then they're only achieving, say, 30% of them, and then they've lost all their confidence, so they start setting smaller and smaller goals for themselves because they don't believe in their ability to achieve the goal. Whereas if you set a goal for yourself that is a performance-based goal, a behavior-based goal that is entirely within your control, you're more likely to achieve 80, 90, or even 100% of your goals and build your confidence along the way. Because you can do the things that are within your control. And if you're not doing them, so you don't achieve your performance goal or your behavior goal, then you can have an honest look at why. One of the examples I use to, to make this difference is sort of like weight loss. It's a pretty common goal, right? Some people have the, the misfortune, quote unquote, of needing to gain weight, But most people want to lose weight. So let's take this idea of losing 30 pounds. That's a pretty standard goal. That's what people call it. They call it a goal. But you can't control metabolism. You like to think that you can. There are people who have products who want to sell you a product that tells you that you can. But you really can't. So let's say you say, I want to lose 30 pounds in three months. At the end of those three months, you've lost 25. Most people would notice that they hadn't lost that five. And most people would feel bad that they didn't achieve that so-called goal, when in actual fact, it never was a goal to begin with. It was a desired outcome. Whereas if instead they said to themselves, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week for the next three months, they are entirely in control of that performance goal. And if they get to the end of the three months and they have gone to the gym three times a week... And they've lost say 25 pounds well then they're going to feel really good about themselves they can still continue on to lose the additional five pounds if that's what they want to keep doing so they keep going to the to the gym or they say actually i should go four times now or maybe i should not stop and get a beer on the way home after the gym every time i go that doesn't help you know stuff like that but going to the gym three times a week requires them to make new choices and decisions And to be honest with you, when it comes to goal achievement, that's the crux of it, is new choices and decisions, because if they weren't new choices and decisions, you'd already be doing them. So it is about the psychology of your ability to make choices and decisions, new choices and decisions. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it's going to be difficult. If the only time you can go to the gym is five o'clock in the morning, you know, that's a new choice. That's a new decision to get out of bed and get your butt to the gym at five o'clock in the morning, you have to make those choices and decisions. And those are entirely within your control. It doesn't make sense to me or to us in psychology as to why somebody would put their confidence into the hands of another person or into the hands of something they can't control, which is what happens every time you make these desired outcome statements of, Losing 30 pounds in three months, making $100,000 this quarter, you know, landing a particular deal. None of those things are within your control. You might want them, and sure enough, you know, from your wants, you're going to make your performance goals, but they're not within your control, and you want to stay focused on what
1: you can control. So is it fair to say that, um, because, well, a lot of people use the word objective. So, like, to continue with the weight loss example, is it fair to say that my objective is to lose 30 pounds, but my goal is to go to the gym three times a week, track what I eat every day, you know, however I Yeah, do. whatever, yeah. Is that, is that, or, you know, drink 10 gallons of water every day. <laughs> Because I float away down the river. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you don't have to worry about weight. You just float off.
1: Um, it, it, yes,
0: it's fair to say that. But I, I think it depends on how you define the word objective. For me personally, that would not work because of how I hold the, the term objective. To me, it's still this want or desired outcome. But it doesn't feel to me as nice as the word want. So I actually like personally the word want but I recognize that it's a desire. It's not something I can actually control. So it makes it easier for me personally to think about performance goals or behavioral goals rather than that want. But yes, I mean, if, if in somebody's head, the word objective means the same as want or desired outcome, then they can use that. The key thing is to ask yourself, is this thing I'm attempting to do that I need to make new choices and decisions about, is this entirely within my control? If it's not, you tweak it until it is.
1: I mean, we have a lot of problems, though, with, when I say we, that's the generic we. Uh, <laughs> the royal we. The royal we. <laughs> we. Uh, everybody uses the word goal. And, again, I'm going to continue on with, with your, your example of, of mm-hmm. losing weight. You know, you go to the doctor, your, your doctor, and, and your doctor says, and of course, they use the cursed should, right? You yeah. should. Yeah. Lose well, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you, your goal has to be I want your goal to be to lose that 30 pounds in three months or six months or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly fighting, not just, I would say, internally, like our, the way we set our own goals, but what other people tell us, what we hear from. Um, you know, the people, people in authority, and it, yep. it, like through osmosis, we're told, you know, that's a goal, that's a goal, that should be your goal.
0: We are, and and I have to say that when I talk to sales teams and sales managers about this, because, of course, in a sales organization, you have targets, land X number of deals, not within your control, make a million dollars, not within your control. So that's what the the people at the top say is the target, that's what you must do. It isn't that difficult, though, in the quiet of your mind, once you understand this difference, to convert that into performance goals in your head. It doesn't matter to me if somebody is sort of telling me you should do blah, blah. I need to be able to take that and convert it myself into a performance goal. But you're absolutely right. Society, in many ways, talks about this idea of goals the way that you've just described them, things that we can't control. But in this this. The goal setting theory is a very, very strong theory in psychology, and it's used in many things because it's behind focus and momentum. One of the things that we've seen, for example, with people who are extremely wealthy or who have won a lot of money in a lottery. So let's just say you're randomly John Q. Public or Jane Q. Public and you're tootling along and you win a massive lottery of millions and millions of dollars. Well, all of a sudden, all the things that you've been attempting to get, these wants that you've had, are no longer relevant because you can just go out and buy them, usually. So you lose this drive toward goals. And that has been shown in the research as one of the reasons that people subjectively report as to why they kind of get rid of some of their money and just throw it away because they find themselves without goals. And it really screws up somebody's sense of identity. That doesn't mean people, you know, stop striving for achievement. Achievement is an internal feeling. But this, this need to have goals in our life that we can control is super important as it relates to self-efficacy, confidence, focus, momentum, etc., etc. Because if you're always selling, setting these goals that you're not achieving, as I said before, your confidence keeps going down and down and down and down. A lot of the people that I speak to, my clients, they don't need to know anything new. What they need is more confidence because they've struggled so many times in achieving their goals. There's very few people that need to learn anything new in that context. What they need to be able to do is take new information and match it with their confidence and take that information and run with it. But a lot of people get that new information Really good positive information, but because they don't have the confidence, they don't do anything with it. That's why goal setting and doing it well is so important. And a lot of the theories about goal setting in business come straight out of goal setting in psychology or in sports. So, really good sports managers, coaches, etc., etc they don't focus their players on winning the game all the time. Sure, everybody knows they want to win the game. But what they do is they focus their players or their teams on their skills. Like in ice hockey, let's say a good coach will talk about are you holding the stick properly? How are you handling the puck, increasing your skills on handling the puck puck going down the ice? Because you don't know if somebody is going to come along and jab their stick into your face. I mean, you can't guarantee that the team is going to win. And in actual fact, very few teams will win every single game, right? It's like maybe midgets or something. I don't know. But in professional hockey, for example, teams don't win every single game. They lose but they don't win. They've only lost if they haven't paid attention to their performance. If they've not handled the puck properly, if they've been messing around and partying the night before and they're all hung over or whatever, you know, and these sorts of things. So a good coach in a sports team will always focus their team players on the things that they can control about their own performance and how they work with others.
1: So, I mean, I know you have a system for goals, mm-hmm. right?
0: <laughs> of course I do.
1: About
0: this <laughs> What's that?
1: You know, I have talked about this before.
0: Oh, yes, we have talked about this before. Would you like me to go over it with you now?
1: we would love it if you go over <laughs> it. I think people are going to be really, really interested. And I know uh, Danielle and I talk about goals and what we can do all the time. And we also talk about performance, about performance goals. because yes. It really is important. And once you make that shift, everything changes, right? It does.
0: And it changes for the better. And then you start achieving your performance goals and your confidence goes up. And your goals, your performance goals, because they're based on your behavior and what you know of yourself as your confidence is going up, your performance goals become broader, they become larger, and they also become more value-based to you. They tend to reflect who you are, who you want to be, things like that, rather than a lot of the shoulds out there. So that's, again, an important part of focusing on performance goals. I, I, I switch my language between performance and behavior only because some people push back when I say the word performance. So we'll, we'll focus on behavioral goals then, because these, I I'm, I'm just want to emphasize that it is only a behavioral goal if you can control 100% of the behavior and nobody else can get involved. So do you want to go through the system then? Yes, please. Okay, so it's a seven-piece system. And the reason why this has worked so well for so many of my clients is because it's not just about goal setting. It's about goal getting. So that's why it's called the goal getter, because let's start with smart goals, for example. Smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. That's usually what smart means interchangeably. I don't like smart goals, because while that concept is really good, that's for writing up a statement about your goal. But there's nothing in there that talks about how you're going to execute that. And I was noticing that years and years ago, like way back in the early 2000s, that people were talking about SMART goals and GROW goals and other ones that have these acronyms and everything means something else, all the letters mean something else. And all of them were simply focused on the goal statement itself, not the plan, the actions, the accountability, the measuring of one's own behavior, the feedback, all that sort of stuff, I I struggled to find a system that did that. So I put this system together years ago and have refined it and worked with, God, probably hundreds of clients over the years on this system specifically. So yes, I'm going to share it with you briefly. Of course, we're going to have a handout for everybody where they can download it all and, and get it. But I want to pick out a few important points along the way as well. So, ready to go then? Okay. So, the first part is, of course, the goal statement. It is important to write out a goal. But again, people usually write out, I want to lose 30 pounds in three months. I want to make $100,000. I want to land a particular deal. So, the goal statement really must reflect this idea of being a behavioral goal. Going back to the idea of, of weight loss and going to the gym, the start of the goal statement would be around, say, going to the gym three times a week. You also want to frame that quite positively. It's, it's not helpful to your brain and the way your brain works if you're framing your performance goals in the negative. You don't want to stop doing something. Um, the brain doesn't like the negatives. It will notice the negatives and it will focus on them and it will do more of the negative than of the positive. So framing your goal your performance goal in some sort of positive is is really important.
2: Hey, Right Club Nation, just wanted to stop the podcast really quickly to introduce you to this week's sponsor, Dylan Souter of Elevation Realty. Dylan and his team have been a longtime supporter of the Right Club and now the Right Club podcast. Dylan and his team have been personally helping me find a property in the Hamilton area, and I know for a fact he's helped many Right Club Nation members find their investment property. Dylan, take it away.
1: Thank you so much, Alfonso. Proud supporter and sponsor of Not Just the Right Club and Right Club Podcast, also of Properties and everything you guys all do in your end. So thank you so much for having me on here. Myself, I'm an investor and an agent. I have a team of five that work with Keller Williams, all investors, and we service the Hamilton, Halton, and Niagara region, both residential and investment-based properties. Just want to leave the podcast with a quick tip for the month. Tip of the month will be winter months bring opportunity to negotiate better prices and extremely favorable terms. If you want the best negotiator in your corner for investment properties or residential real estate, give us a call at 905-592-4220. You can check us out at all the Wright Club events. Email us at info at elevationrealty.ca. Check us out online at elevationrealty.ca. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Back to you, Alfonso.
2: All right. And like Dylan said, if you haven't met him or anybody on his team, definitely check out the next Wright Club event. They're there every event. Thank you so much for your support, Dylan. Now, back to the podcast
0: you do want to make it specific, much like they talk about in SMART goals. You do want to make it specific. You don't want to use words like some, or, you know, sort of, or <laughs> anything like that. You want it to be nice and specific. So going to the gym three times per week, that's sort of specific. But no, you you don't want it to be detailed. You don't want to say I'm going to the gym three times a week, and I'm going to use the treadmill and the pool and the weights and all that. So don't need to do that. It's just gym three times a week because you want to also keep your goal statement short and sweet and very succinct so and one piece that people often miss when they're writing out a goal statement and it's not included in smart goals and it's not included in many of the other types out there is a reason why and not just because you want to lose weight but something more personal to you so what a lot of people will say for example around weight loss is or going to the gym three times a week is they want that feeling of you know energy that that often comes with exercising on the treadmill or, or something like that or they they want that feeling of they want to sweat you know they they're they're looking for that which is really important to them it's giving them a, a certain feeling or they want to remind themselves that they're capable of doing these things. So that is a why. So it could be something like going to the gym 3 times a week so that I get that feeling of energy or um something what what would you say?
1: Accomplishment perhaps just um
0: knowing that you're making new choices yeah. and decisions to get to the gym, right? So that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of I know where I was going, that feeling of I'm giving myself time for me. That's a really popular one when it comes to that sort of health type performance goal. And it's, it's, it's more important than the 30 pounds or whatever. So you want your goal statement to include a reason why, because over the course of the three months, for example, you're going to have the ups and downs. Some days it'll be easier to get to the gym than not. And, part of the system that I have is I encourage people to write out their goal statement every day. That's why and the reason why it needs to be short. If it's too long, you won't do it. But if it's like a sentence, you'll do it. So on those days that it's hard to get your butt out of bed or get yourself to the gym, as you're writing out that reason why it's just a reminder and it might give you that little kick on those days when you're going through a low rather than when you're going through a high. So including including the reason why, is super important. And really, it it goes straight back to, is it 100% within your control? So you want to write this out. And also, by the way, you want to write out the date three months from now, using this going to the gym thing. So on the 30th of March, I am going to the gym three times a week. And I feel that, you know, that I, I feel confident or i feel that i'm giving that time to myself that can be a whole goal statement and what you'll notice is i dated it for the date in advance but i spoke about it as if it was today there's a whole bunch of psychology behind that which we don't need to go into but it's super important because when you say i will it's always eh tomorrow (laughs) Like whatever tomorrow I will sure so I am is just that little sort of reminder to subconscious of what it is that you're looking to achieve, and almost tricking yourself into believing that you're already doing it. That's part of the whole psychology conversation, which we don't need to go into. So on March 30th, I am going to the gym three times a week, and I feel happy that I'm dedicating this time to myself. There you go. There's a goal statement that's 100% within your control. It's specific enough, but not so detailed that you get bogged down in it. It's a positive statement. There isn't any negative words in there. And it's talking as if it's already happening because that's what you want to do with your goal statement. Any questions on that part?
1: No, well, I was just thinking, you know, for those of us who are members of the Right Club community or uh, with real estate, one of the most common goals that I hear, and Danielle, correct me, but yeah, I'm, you hear this a lot too, right? When we're out and about, or out and about, out and about, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> is that by the end of in one year, my goal is to own three new properties, right? i right. hear that all the time. So do I. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Or, or one property or a half a mm-hmm. dozen properties or it's, it's a condo development or a commercial building. That is my goal. And then, of course, or maybe it's six months or maybe it's eight months or whatever. And then that time passes and mm-hmm. that person hasn't achieved that goal because that is a outcome goal.
0: Yes, it is. It's a desired outcome. It's a want. It's not within their control. So let's say it was six months. So in about four months from now, they'll start to feel really bad about themselves if the deals aren't coming through or things aren't moving forward. At about month five, they might start dropping the ball completely so that by month six, they're sitting at home having a coffee or the flip side. Yes, you can, you can keep working and all the rest of it. But when you keep bashing your head up against stuff that you can't control, You are basically putting your confidence into the hands of the other people who are the decision makers, and that is not the smart way of doing things. That's not very businesslike. It is far more important to keep your focus, your attention, and your momentum married up to your confidence within your control. That's that's the way that – I mean, if you read the biographies of – very rich, wealthy, successful, however you define success people, they're usually talking about that sort of stuff. They might not use the term performance goal or behavioral goal, but what they're talking about is where are they putting their focus. And it's always on the things that they can do. Not on what they're waiting for somebody else to do or the decision that Bob needs to make or or whether or not so and so is going to sign the piece of paper. They're always talking about what they can do. So We've unfortunately been taught since very early age, you know, you want 90% on that exam. Well, if it's anything other than a multiple choice standardized test, you can't control that because what if your instructor either doesn't like you or had a bad night and is just zipping through the exams and just kind of randomly reading and going, oh yeah, that looks like an 85, you know, like and doesn't really do it, you know, what can you control? So, so going to your example, what, can people in the right club do to increase the likelihood of getting that house or that property in six months, but not guaranteeing it? What are some of the things that they can do?
3: Well, they could, they could make the commitment that they're going to be attending all of the events and all of your events. Yeah. Yeah. And they could make the commitment that at every event they're going to find or they're going to talk to or they're going to sit with three new people that they have never met before, because that's where their investors are going to be. So uh, at the end of the year, if you've gone to 10 events and you've met three new people, you now have 30 more people in your network of potential investors. That doesn't guarantee you're going to get your goal. But those are some of the steps that are in, totally in your control that you can do to increase the chances that, that you're going to reach your outcome, desired outcome. Um, yes.
0: And I agree with that, though I would tweak something. And this is an important point because I've met many people who say to me, I want to go to these events and I want to uh, you know, meet five new people. But they don't meet those five new people for all sorts of different reasons. Maybe it's because people are maybe a bit standoffish that day or something. Or they're just they get involved with one person and they forget to go and talk to four others or whatever. So I always encourage people, even in that sort of situation to bring it even closer to what you can control and what I do is I say I'm going to reach my hand out to five more people I'm going to like you said sit at a table where I know fewer people what if you get there and you sit down you know by yourself and then everybody you know sits down at the table (laughs) like so do you know what I mean so it's that's a little bit of a tweak and it's an important one because, again, when you're focused on achievement, what you want to do is manage your behaviors in such a way so that they stay within your control. So I put my hand out to five new people. That's, that's what I say. Or, or three. Or even two. You know, something to get me going. I'll come up to two people that I don't know and, you know, endeavor to engage. But I can't guarantee I'll be able to engage with them. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, those are the sorts of steps that one would take particularly like just showing up, you know, just to show up and do stuff is, is, I mean, that's the simplest way of ex- describing what this is, show up and do stuff. But it's, it's really important. I mean, I emphasize this over and over and over again, as you well know, guys, because we've talked about this before, keeping things within your control and making sure that that is your focus. And then after you've made your statement, the next thing you want to do, this is step two, is to check your commitment to that statement. Most people don't do this. Sorry, I'm one step ahead of myself. You want, to, you want to write out what I call a celebration statement. So at the end of six months, you've gone to all of the events in that six months, and you've stuck your hand out to shake hands with three people at each event. What are you going to do to celebrate what you've done? Celebrating is not something we're very good at. So, for example, I'm going to ask you guys now, Laurel, what did you do in the last week that was for you a performance goal and you achieved it? What did you do? Pick one.
1: Oh, a performance goal. Um, Sorry,
0: put you on the spot.
1: Well, no, my performance goal was to meditate every day after I got up. Okay. And did you do that? Not every
0: day. <laughs> close, enough. <laughs> close enough. So we get a check mark. Close enough. Good. Okay. And what do you what have you done to acknowledge yourself or celebrate having achieved that performance goal or gotten damn close to it? Let's let's give you five out of seven. On yeah, that. I know
1: we're probably yeah. five days out of
0: seven. Okay. Um, what have you done? Would the answer be nothing?
1: Pretty much, yes.
0: Yeah, so we're really really bad at, at acknowledging ourselves. Now, had you told me of this performance goal in advance and asked me to hold you accountable or whatever, I would have asked you, you know, what did you do, blah, blah. And then I would have said to you, great job, good for you, well done. You know, what sort of things did you need to decide to shift or whatever so that you could have that time, blah, blah, blah. I would celebrate you you would celebrate me had I achieved a performance goal but we're not very good at celebrating ourselves and the brain loves to be acknowledged and appreciated we love it when we treat ourselves well but nine days out of ten we usually beat ourselves over the head about something we didn't get done or something that's left you know to fix or some problem that we haven't figured out yet so we don't get any rest our brain is either constantly solving a problem or beating ourselves up because we didn't solve problems. So giving yourself a bit of a joyful something or other, and it doesn't even have to be big, but it has to be something just for you. So for you, Laura, what's an, what's an example of a celebration for you that's just for you?
1: That's just for me. Oh, mm-hmm. a be- a lovely Hot bath in my jacuzzi tub, you know, the bubbles going, and that's, that's a celebration. And there, and
0: there you go. That is a celebration of achieving performance goals. How about you, Danielle? What's an example of a celebration for you?
3: <laughs> oh, I'm thinking a nice glass of Irish cream, for example, because I don't drink it very often, but uh, yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah. but, but you know what? I'm going to have that glass of Irish cream. And it's very rarely, if ever, I'm going to say, "Okay, I'm having this because I did this, I did that, and I and I succeed." I'm just going to have it because I feel like having it. But you're right. You know, we're entrepreneurs, right? Uh, all of us here, at least the three of us on this on this uh, screen. And to me, entrepreneur means we undertake to do a lot of stuff. And if we want to take do ten things this week, and we succeed, and we do eight, we don't celebrate the eight. We just mope about the two we missed.
0: Exactly. Therefore.
3: So- why should I celebrate? Because I didn't, I, I missed two.
0: And and that's exactly right. And that's why building in a celebration statement into the goal getter plan is super important. So right after you do your, your goal statement, that's focused on performance goals, or sorry, behavioral goals and positivity and all the rest of it. What am I going to do when I achieve this? Whether it's a goal that's a, a week or a month or 10 years What am I going to do? So there's been a couple of times, I know one woman, it always makes me laugh when I share this story. She was on a program that I did and she, it was a six week sort of really simplified goal thing. And her big thing was buying this like high gloss, shiny, bright red toaster four sliced toaster and that was her thing she was gonna go out and she was this astronomically ridiculous amount of money and she was gonna go out and buy this high gloss super bright red you know cooks your breakfast and probably does the dishes afterwards kind of toaster and as soon as the program was over she she achieved what she wanted to achieve and she dashed off to the store on the way home at the end of that day and the following day she sent me a picture of the toast in her toaster that morning so what do you think she thinks about when she's making toast she thinks about i did this i created this maybe she's thinking about it in the back of her head but that's what she's thinking about and somebody else i know who had a a big performance goal to achieve she took herself on a trip to europe when she achieve that performance goal and it was all about her she went to the places that she wanted to go she dragged her husband with her but she went to the places that she wanted to go because she had made a lot of new choices and decisions over a period of i think about four months made some really big changes and she wanted to go on that trip and so she went so but so from a toaster to sort of a jacuzzi bath to a glass of Irish cream to a trip to Europe. Whatever it is, we need to take that time and give ourselves that acknowledgement. Cause as you said, Danielle, we, we're gonna notice the two things we didn't do rather than the eight things we did. So this is a purposeful, conscious way of building some celebration into your goal achievement system.
2: Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here it is Sarah Larby, and I'm here with Laurel Simmons, and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now and you can access our great content. And what is going to be that content, Laurel?
1: Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have webinars we have we'll have our podcast information up there we'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things you'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood local for you because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you we're going to be rolling things out very quickly and as we start you'll see more and more stuff come along and we really want you to join and become part of our online community
2: Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us, join our online community, register, and come and say hi and check out the amazing things.
1: Yeah. And all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register. It's free and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us.
3: And listening to what you just said there, it makes me think that uh, a glass of uh, Irish cream will last about 12 minutes, and I'm, not, I'm probably going to be doing that while I'm doing something else. Probably. But, <laughs> no, no, seriously, what was very important, I thought, in what you just said is that I should find a way to celebrate with something maybe, like, for example, if I'm, if I'm going to celebrate with that toaster, like you said, every time I use the toaster, I'm thinking, hey, I, I created this. I can't do that with the Irish cream because 10 minutes later, it's done. It's finished, the bottle's back in the fridge. I'm done. I'm on to something else. But if I'm going to buy a a CD, if I'm going to buy a piece of clothing, if Laurel's going to buy another purse, every time she wears (laughs) that purse, she buys that purse. I mean, sorry. Every time she uses that purse, she'll remember that this is how how she got it. Yeah, exactly. I'm working on a goal right now. I'm not going to give details. But it is very, very performance-based. It is a number of calls I have to make in the next eight months. And if mm-hmm. I make those calls, uh, trust me, the reward will be amazing. I'll be driving it for five years. And every, <laughs> year, every day that I drive it, I will remember that I did the performance that got me into that seat. So is that...
0: That's perfect. But you have to come and take me for a spin. Okay. So as long as we have that deal, we're good with the Irish cream. You're absolutely right. It kind of disappears fairly quickly. Alternatively, of course, I do know people that what they do when they're having champagne as their celebration is they have a shelf and they put up the bottles and they write on the label what it's for. So it can work that way too. But I agree with you the longer the, 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 thing lasts the better. And if it's something you use on a regular basis, like the toaster, like, The thing that you're going to be driving, you know, Laurel's purse. That's even better because even in the subconscious, it's working, going, look what I did. Look what I did. And confidence, again, I'm telling you about goal setting. So, so important for confidence. So you make a really good point. But you have to come and take me for a spin. Okay, fine, it's a deal. Okay. okay, so step number three is commitment. Check your commitment. In the workbook that people will be able to, to get their hands on, there's just a few questions that help you check your commitment to the goal statement that you've written. And if, if any of the answers to that are no, you'll have an opportunity to tweak that goal statement. But there's a saying out there that this covers, which is the achievement of your goal is guaranteed the moment you commit to it. Because what it means is that your commitment, you're going to make those choices and decisions. Remember, we're going back to that idea of what is a real goal. Well, a real goal is new choices and decisions. That's the thing here. You're making new choices and decisions. So as soon as you decide that you're committed, as soon as you decide that you're going to achieve that behavioral goal, it's pretty much guaranteed. Yes, there's going to be some bumps along the way, And your commitment level now, checking your commitment level now right at the beginning is a really good thing that you can come back to and revisit, much like the why in your goal statement. So step number four of that, of of the goal getter system is the planning phase, which you just prompt me when you need to.